feel like as parents, sometimes if we're trying to guide our kids through these tricky situations, we're thinking it from our adult you know, way of life where we actually have a lot more um, freedoms to do that, you know, because we're not sitting next to the person every day in science class or we're not, you know, in, on the same sporting team. So so for kids and teens, it's they do need to navigate that more carefully. Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Jenna. And I'm Rachel, and I'm excited to talk to our guest today on the topic of friendships. Jessica Spear is the award-winning author of BFF, or NRF, Not Really Friends, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships. And she has a new book coming out in August, Middle School Safety Goggles Advised. Her interactive books engage and entertain readers by combining the stories of preteens and teens with fun activities like quizzes and fill-in-the-blanks. Blending humor, a dash of science, and practical insights, her writing unpacks the tricky stuff that peaks during adolescence. She has a master's degree in social sciences and explores social-emotional topics in ways that connect with kids. Jessica is regularly featured in and contributes to media outlets on topics related to kids, parenting, and friendship. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you both. Can you tell us how you got started writing and speaking about friendships? Sure, sure. Well, about, gosh, it's almost 10 years ago now, and I've got two daughters. Um, at that time, they were in early elementary school, and I started to notice um, just their friendships got trickier and more complicated, and there was more struggle. Um, so that got me really curious. I've got a background, a master's degree in social sciences, so I love to explore relationships. So I just dove in. Um, there's a lot of research on this topic. Um, so I dove into that. Of course, I looked at lots of books, and I used books to help guide them through that phase of life. Um, but I also, you know, when I was researching, I found some things, some gaps I wanted to fill. So I started um, a friendship program for girls and actually I had some boys too in elementary school. And I ran that for years before COVID hit. And that is what grew into the book. So did you yourself struggle with friendships when you were a teen? You know, I re when my daughters were having struggles, I remembered so many of those experiences they were having. So, yes, you know, and in this in a very similar way. So I wouldn't say I was, you know, I was bullied or anything like that. But I remember just you know having a hard time finding where I fit, or and you know just you know feeling included. And and you know from what I have learned from my groups, that's a pretty common feeling. You know, there there's you know most kids and adolescents go through a phase where they're just really trying to figure out where they fit. Um, and you know we all learn friendship skills over the course of our lives, and as we get better at those skills, our friendships improve. Um, but there's a lot of twists and turns to get to that place. Yeah, it really takes a whole lot of different skills working together to make a friendship work. Mm -hmm. So how do most people learn these skills? Is it just trial and error? 
you know, you, you usually we just learn them over the course of our lives, you know. So, so you know, when I was growing up, there was no, you know, there was no formal curriculum or anything like that. Now, in, in today's schools, they're starting to introduce a lot more social-emotional learning because what we're realizing is the kids that lack these skills, um, especially when they lack the skills longer than the rest of their peers do, you know, they start to feel a little more isolated and alone and it's that then impacts the rest of their lives too. So schools are now starting to do a lot more social-emotional learning because you're right, there are lots of skills that are involved in friendship. Um, so schools are becoming much more aware of you know how to help kids cultivate this some even have curriculums in place and there's a lot more books available now too why are friendships and social struggles common in the preteen and teen years that's a good question. So there's a really important shift that happens with kids and it depends, every kid is growing at their own pace. So it depends on you know each kid as to when this happens, but sometime towards the end of elementary and into middle school, there's a shift from friendships really focused on play to friendships focused more on hanging out and shared interests and acceptance. Um, and since kids are all hitting this at different phases, that's where we start to see a lot of this turmoil and change. You know, some some child might still be very much into playing the games that they always played when all of a sudden their good friend is not into that anymore. They're into something totally different. And so there's a disconnect developmentally in that friendship. So um, that's where we start to see a lot of changes happening in friendships and especially in middle school. This all kind of peaks in middle school. Yeah. And, you know, I never really thought about that, how, how... it's amazing any of us have friends. <laughs> Because yeah. everything, everybody grows at a different rate, and and I guess when we're little kids, our friendships are more proximity based because we happen, our parents all stick us in the same room together, and we have to play with who's there, and as we get older, we have more of an opinion. Yeah, you're so right. You know, the we, the parents control a lot of that, and even just in elementary school, which class you're in and which street you live on. You know, so when you play with your neighbors, so it's very proximity and play based. And then that all changes. We start to look for more things in our friendship. You know, we're starting to look for deeper levels of connection, especially as teens start to pull away from their parents. They're really looking for that connection and support support from their friends. Um, but what you said was so true. Is you know, it is it is kind of amazing we have friends and, and what one of the truths I share in my book is you know friendships do change a lot so I wanted to normalize that because when we look at studies that is so true I mean over the course of our lives our friendships change a lot so I wanted to let kids know that's okay you know friendships kind of have seasons and um, you know there might be a certain time in our life or college where you know we really connect with people you know because we're in college and we're all studying similar things our schedules are similar and then as we grow and we change maybe we have families you know we might drift apart you know some some we will maintain but a lot we might let go and then we you know because of that next phase in our life we have new friendships you know based on that new phase yeah right it seems like more kids have good friends especially if you're the one who's struggling with finding a friend but is that really the truth oh I love that you asked that you know so what what you're saying is so true so let's let's pretend there is a girl and she you know has 
you know, maybe her friend has just moved or maybe they had a falling out and she's looking around and she's seeing that everybody seems to have a good friend um, except her. You know, so what we know about friendships, um, like we just talked about, is friendships are always changing. So from her perspective, she thinks she's she's the only one. But in truth, you know, there's there's always lots of kids that are in that same place, that they're in that transition place. So what I encourage kids to do, you know, when they are in a, in a transitional place, to start to look out for some of those kids that are in that, that same phase as you are. Because there's always kids that are also looking to make a friendship change or looking to make some new friends. So it's important for kids to kind of stay open to that, stay open to new friendships and stay open to those changes too, because they're pretty common. Yeah. I tell my kids, you know, when, especially middle school, you think you're the only one that's awkward and weird, but really it's everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're, you're all in the same boat. Some people just hide it better than others. So true. Yeah, the ones that can kind of, you know, they've got the, the, somehow the confidence to make it look like it's just all easy, but everybody is going through this. Everybody's trying to figure out, especially in middle school, you know, where do they fit? And, you know, where do they feel like they're accepted? So um, middle school is a real, really interesting place um, as far as friendships go. Yeah, yeah. looking back, I remember navigating through this stuff as a teen. Uh, We moved around a lot and I was often the new kid coming into a place where it seemed like everyone else had been friends for years. And, you know, people people weren't necessarily mean, but I always felt like I wasn't one of them, right? And it wasn't really until my senior year that I really found a good friend. And then college, I found a lot of good friends. And actually, we're still really, really good friends with a lot of our college friends. We, meet, we're, we're, we hang out together like every week still, and that was 20 years awesome. ago. But, but yeah, I, I like try to say, you know, it, it's all right if you don't find your best friend now, you still have lots of time. Right. Yes, and I love that you share that because that's that's another another one of those friendship truths that provides a lot of relief. I, I think kids feel like you know, you know, my kids were the same way. They they it took them a while to figure out you know their who their their people were, who they really felt like they could be themselves with, and that that is not uncommon at all. However, you know, it feels a little unsettling, especially you know when you're in middle school or high school. It can feel unsettling if you don't feel like you have that, but that's pretty common. So that's another friendship truth that I share, you know, with kids and in the book that, you know, close friendships can be hard to find, you know, and they might not happen till later. And that's, that's just, that's okay. You know, they're out there. You'll just find them at the right time. Yeah. I think it actually is probably pretty rare, huh? Have you found that it's pretty rare to have a really close friend? Most people just have, you know, friends that are kind of, you have a bunch of friends. Yes. Yep. And that is so true. So when when I talk about this, I talk about it in the form of a friendship pyramid. And at the very tippy top of the pyramid is close friends, which may just be, you know, one or two, maybe three people that there's a really unique connection there between you two, you two or you three. But underneath that, you know, the vast majority of the friendship pyramid are, you know, just these general friends, which I, I'm very, you know, loose with that. I'm, your, your friends could be your neighbors, your classmates, your teammates, you know, people that you have good rapport with. Um, and it's really important for every kid and teen to make sure they've got, you know, some people in that bucket, that friend bucket. And of course, these relationships aren't perfect. You know, you might not 
feel super close, um, but you, you, know, you see each other regularly and, and you like each other and you're kind of, you know, you're, they're fun to be around. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's more, much more common. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love your illustration of the friendship pyramid. And then you even have people that are really not even in your pyramid, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, and I was trying to figure out the best way to describe that because I do. I'm I'm not a huge fan of labels, but I it, I found it important. You know, when I was working with kids on this topic, is you know we somehow need to understand when when a relationship is not really a friendship. You know, so there's behaviors happening in that relationship that are not really friendship. So I called it not really friends, and that's came you know there there came the title of my book BFF or NRF, which is not really friends, and you. You know, there's a few qualities there that we can watch out for. You know, these these relationships feel like they lack trust. They feel unaccepting. You know, they might even feel unsafe. You know, we might be asked to do things we don't want to do. Um, so, you know, that's where kids can start to learn, you know, putting some healthy boundaries in place. You know, when we find ourselves in these relationships and, you know, over the course of our lives, we also, you know, run across people that fall into, you know, that bucket too. So it's important to know, oh, I think this is actually more of an NRF situation than a friend. And then, you know, we can respond accordingly to that. Did you create that phrase yourself? I did. I did. And, and I, I thought, I overthought that so much because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the term mean girl, you know, bullying gets so confusing to people. So I didn't want to, I didn't even want to go there. I'm like, I'm just going to call this not really friends. You know, that, right. That's a real simple way to explain this situation, you know, so that kids get it. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense because, because everybody doesn't have to be your friend. You, you don't, you're not going to click with everybody. And yep. you don't need to feel guilty if you don't. Yes, there's so much freedom. When, when, when kids and teens, you know, come to the understanding that not everyone is going to like them, there's so much freedom there. You know, then, then we can let go of trying to be friends with everybody or trying to please everybody. Because um, you're right, you know, not everybody's going to like us and we're not going to like anybody either. That, of course, we could still, you know, treat everybody with kindness and respect. But, you know, some people we just don't really click with and it's not where we want to spend, you know, our free time. Yeah, but that's a hard concept, I think, for, for especially for middle schoolers. Like, people are not going to like you. That That's like the... I know. That's like... A stab in the heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It is. And it, so that's a journey. I feel like it's a journey with that concept. And, you know, it's this, it's a similar journey to confidence. You know, I think, you know, for girls especially, when they hit those, those you know, preteen years, confidence dips. And then they're on this journey to kind of build that back up. <laughs> you know, right. they, it takes a while. It's not immediate, but they slowly build that confidence up. And I feel like the journey is also to realize that, yeah, not not everybody is going to like us. And that's, that's you're right, it's a hard one to wrap our heads around. And it takes a while. But, you know, we can kind of plant some seeds. And over time, you know, that will eventually resonate. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even as an adult, I struggle with that sometimes. Like, I want people to like me. Yes. And, you know, as an adult, we kind of get to pick the situations we're in where kids don't necessarily get to do that. I mean, you do not. If you don't like the people in your class, you have to stay there. You know, it's not like yep. us where we can like, well, I just won't hang out with them anymore. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that can be tough to navigate. It's trickier for kids, and I, I'm glad you said that because I feel like as parents, sometimes if we're trying to guide our kids through these tricky situations, we're thinking it from our adult 
you know, way of life where we actually have a lot more um, freedoms to do that, you know, because we're not sitting next to the person every day in science class or we're not, you know, in, on the same sporting team. So so for kids and teens, it's they do need to navigate that more carefully. You know, they, they really have to learn how to you know, actually deal and sit by and work with people that they might find really difficult. Um, but there's skills in that too. You know, what a wonderful skill to learn how to navigate that situation. Yeah. How has social media changed friendships? Ooh, Jenna, I'd love to know what you think about that. What, what do you think about social media friendships versus IRL in real life friendships? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I don't really, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't know how to put it into, like, correct words. Give us a shot. Like, I'm trying to think of an example, because I don't really have any that are just, like, social media, just that. Just, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like it's, it's, there's never a break sometimes? You're, you're permanently connected to people. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, a lot of. I know my daughters feel a ton of pressure to be in the know as to what's going on. You know, like if you if you do take a screen break, um, you miss so much. You know, which I think is sometimes hard socially. Um, do you find that too, Jenna? That it's like it's it's hard to 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 check out for a while. I mean, I honestly don't really care. Like I could, if y'all take my phone, I would be fine. Like whatever. Okay. Wow, good. Yeah, like that's I don't amazing. care because if they're gonna, if someone's gonna do something without me, and like not try and tell me about it, then okay. Then I guess we're not like what I thought we were. <laughs> if that makes any sense, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard on kids when they, you know, social media. We can all see what everybody else is doing. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody else is out doing this and I didn't even know about it. That's, you know, that kind of stuff's really, really hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, th- when I think of that, I, and this is where I got to being really loose with the term friends, um, because I feel like there's so, you know, especially since on, you know, it's a lot of social media, you know, there were maybe, you know, we're friends with people and, and we're not actually, we don't actually hang or connect with them very much, you know, in real life, but we, we might connect in a small way online. So um, those friendships can be really different. And, and, you know, sometimes there's real value in that. I know, um, you know, coming from a smaller town, um, you know, if there is a, a, a student that's having a hard time, you know, finding connection, sometimes, you know, they can find that connection elsewhere. Say they went to a summer camp and they really connect with somebody, you know, they can stay pretty connected, you know, through social media after that. So, so it does open some doors and also sometimes complicates things because you think you're friends with somebody, but, you know, it turns out you're not really the friends, you know, in real life, you know, so you might have a relationship online, but that doesn't, you know, transfer to anything online. So, you know, in my, in my thought, it just kind of makes, it makes that whole friend zone even broader. You know, the, the term friends is even more broad. I don't know. What do you think about that, Jenna? Do you think that's true for you? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think, you know, I think there's lots of good that can be done with social media and a lot of bad. But like you know, like but like you said, you would be able to stay connected with people like you met from camp or something. 
Right. Like, I see how that could be a good thing. Yeah, because back when we were kids, if you went to camp, you would see them once a year, maybe, and you have to write a letter. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Jenna, all of my, three of my kids work at a summer camp, so um, they get really close to all the other people that work there, and then they have, you guys have group chats and stuff, right? Yeah. So, So that's a way to stay connected all year round, right? Even though you don't see each other. So that's a good point that you bring up that, you know. Well, and you can maintain, by staying in that chat, you guys can maintain that level of closeness that you developed at camp. You know, that had you not been able to stay in touch like that, you know, you might have, you know, not been able to, yeah, maintain those awesome friendships that you create. I used to work when I was, yeah, when I was in high school and even on summers in college, I worked at summer camps too. And there, that is such a great place to form really, really deep connections with people. So I love that you are doing that. And then you have a way to, to, to maintain those over the course of the year. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the thing about friendships is the shared experiences, right? Because then you can like uh-huh. say, hey, remember when we did so-and-so? Uh, we do that a lot with our friends. Remember when we did this crazy thing in college? Um, so, so you know, camp. You have so many shared experiences in such a short period of time. I think that's how you guys are so close, maybe. And you spend all day, you know, every day all summer. And so so that's one thing that, that tips, you know, the balance from just being a friend to being a close friend when there's a lot of time spent getting to know each other. Um, so, you know, that's another reason why some really special friendships can come out of those sort of experiences that are really intense. So what do we do when things aren't going well? Like, how do you navigate that? You know, as the parent or as the teen? Uh, I would say as the teen first, and then maybe at what point does it should a parent be getting involved? Yeah. And, okay, so let's just throw a hypothetical situation at this so we can, you know, kind of talk, make sure we're thinking about the same thing. So let's say there is a, um, a teen that's in a group and all of a sudden it feels like maybe it's not a good fit anymore. Like this, she's, I'm going to say it's a she, she's not feeling welcome there. She's feeling like maybe things have changed. So what does she do? Um, you know, what I always encourage kids to do is, you know, first lay out their options, you know, because there's lots of things that can be done in that situation. You know, they might choose to give it more time and see if, you know, the signals they're picking up are really true. They might choose to, you know, find somebody maybe outside the group, maybe even a, a trusted adult to, to talk that through with um, and make sure, you know, just talk through what they're experiencing. Um, they might, you know, start to cultivate some friendships outside that group. Um, it's it's really scary for a lot of teens to really jump ship from a, a friend group. That that's feels pretty vulnerable. So often there's more of a transition. Um, you know, maybe there's another set of friends that they feel comfortable with that they might start checking in with. So, um, you know, for the teen, I encourage them to really explore what their options are and to do what feels most comfortable to them, you know, first and then, you know, give that a try because everybody's different. Every situation is different. Um, so that's what I would advise the, the teen to do um, from the parent perspective. If what the parent is seeing is maybe some um, maybe really unhealthy relationships or um, 
you know, things that they're uncomfortable with, I always encourage them just to be a real sounding board for their kids. Um, you know, parents, sometimes we want to jump right in and try to fix that, and that's often not at all what kids and teens want or need. What they, what they really want is someone that they can, you know, they can listen to them, they can help them, you know, feel heard and understood, they can help them brainstorm if they want any help as to what to do. Sometimes they don't want any help at all. They just want to, you know, share and vent. Um, so I would start there, just, you know, helping by being their, uh, you know, emotional support. Um, um, but if it starts to get to a situation where the the teen is pretty isolated, um, pretty sad a lot of the time, maybe not wanting to go to school, um, and you're really starting to get very concerned about her well-being, I would then you know, check in for more support. You know, maybe it is time to check in with the school counselor or another professional um, to make sure that you're not miss that we're not missing something there. That you know that we really understand what's going on there and and can get the teen the support she needs. Yeah, that's good. I think for a lot of teens, it's uh, they would rather be in a not so good friendship than no friendship at all, right? Mm-hmm. You're 100% right. I mean, it can almost feel like a light, life-threatening situation. If they are totally alone, that feels much worse than being in, you know, a not-so-great friendship. So that's why those those things take time um, and, and you know, a lot of, you know, careful thought by the, the teen as to how they want to navigate that. It may be time to cultivate some other friendships before they're ready to make a change. You know, I'm just throwing this out here. I just thought of it. Like, I wonder, has anyone ever done a study, like, to see, like, you know, people that tend to have unhealthy relationships as an adult, did they, did they learn how to correctly have relationships as kids? There, there are studies on that, and it does show that the, you know, the younger, like, so the younger the kids start to have some really reciprocal, healthy relationships, the, the stronger the adult relationships are later in life. So if, if kids and teens kind of make it almost all the way through adolescence without really experiencing some healthy friendships, um, they have a hard, harder time finding that in adulthood. So, so yes, it's been studied and that's why I think, you know, schools are really taking notice of how important the social emotional learning is. Some kids do need a little more support in this area. Maybe there's some neurodiversity there or, you know, some um, struggles at home that are keeping, you know, that are really messing with their, their friendships at school. So, um, you know, it's, it does impact well-being, you know, as the kid and teen navigates through school and then later in life. So um, schools are starting to take this a lot more seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about, you talk a little bit about the eye, what do you call it, eye power? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah eye power. Eye power, yeah. Like if you have a relationship that is not working out and you, they're running all over you or whatever. Because um, we do kind of, teach people how we want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it is important to learn how to speak up and in a nice way, right? Yep, and this is one that, you know, like sometimes we as adults might not have even learned this ourselves. So we're, we're not modeling for our kids, you know, how to use I statements, I call them I power. So, you know, if we as adults manage to, you know, not really ever learn this, you know, our kids aren't really gonna learn it either. So a great place to start 
is just at home, you know. So you know, when it, when it, something comes up, when 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 a person is not treating you in the way you like to be treated, you know, you can come at it with a you statement, which often you know lands as criticism or blame, and it often is you always or you never, or you know. So it immediately puts that person kind of on the defensive, or you know, just not listening to you anymore because they're they're feeling like a, like a threat from you. But, you know, if we can start that conversation with, hey, you know, I'm feeling really frustrated that, um, you know, you haven't given me a chance to, you know, to speak or, you know, whatever the problem is. So just teaching kids as early as possible to start with that I is going to help them learn how to communicate in a way that connects and resolves instead of a way that kind of immediately kind of amplifies situation and divides them. And, and that, like you know, a lot of these friendship skills is a learned skill. It takes practice and it takes time. Um, but when I was working with kids, they totally get it. They, you know, when they hear option A versus option B, they so clearly get that. It just takes a lot of practice and repetition. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, I know for me anyway, I, I struggle with this. And it's not even option A or option B. My option is more like, I don't say anything and then it just like festers. <laughs> Yes, yes, and then we just explode later. I know we all do this, so you know, so yeah, we all need to just you know forgive ourselves and realize we're all works in progress. This is hard stuff, you know. Relationships are tricky, and there's a lot to them, and we all have some skills that we're really good at, and we all have some skills that you know we can get better at. Um, so you know, when we come from that, when we come from that growth mindset, it it helps kids to see that you know that possible growth in themselves but also other kids too you know that everybody's trying to figure this out right is there anything else you would like to add Ooh, what would I like to add? You know, I think what's interesting now, in fact, um, so my book came out last August and um, the timing was perfect. Little did I know that, you know, that kids were going to be really struggling, you know, coming out of this pandemic because they were often pulled out of their friendships, you know, because of all of our isolation time, um, which you know, put a lot of wrench in friendships and kids grew apart and groups changed and kids changed and they didn't have a chance to practice a lot of friendship skills in a lot of places. So, um, you know, I think just the timing is perfect for all of us to do everything we can to help kids, you know, kind of get back to life as normal, to keep practicing these social skills, um, realizing, yeah, we're all going to mess up from time to time and that's okay. You know, we're all learning as we go, um, but they always have a choice. You know, we always have a choice to put some energy into the friendships we want to grow especially the healthy ones right that's good where can people find you uh, the easiest place is my website which is jessica spear s p e e r dot com and from there i've got like links off to all the socials i do a lot of writing on this topic for families on friendship and social emotional stuff so um you can find information about that and my books and yeah i'd love to connect i've checked out your book bff or nrf and i really like it because i feel like especially for you know the preteen girl it really it's interactive which is a great way to learn and it's it's fun, it's not boring. You can take all these quizzes, which who doesn't love to take a quiz, right? <laughs> yeah, me too, I love quizzes. Um, and it's got a lot of cool art and stuff. So if you have a, a girl in that age range, I would definitely recommend uh, checking out Jessica's book and, uh, and then her new book will be coming out in the summer. So um, 
check her out. Uh, you have a blog too, right? I do, yep, yeah. on that website, jessicaspear.com. And so you can go on there and check out all her articles. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Jessica. Now, thank you for chatting with me. I loved connecting with you. And thank you for all your work that you do, helping um, families connect and, and helping us better understand and you know, know our teens. Yeah, we, we, we got to help each other as parents. We got to help each other. (laughs) Parents, if you're looking for more support, we have a free private Facebook community where we share resources and info that we think would help you on your journey. You can find it by searching for Raising Confident Teens Community. Have a great week.